Welcome, everyone. My name is Eddie Contreras, and you're listening to the Mexican Gentile Podcast. We appreciate you joining in and giving us a moment of your time. Today's topic will be on how to make God our supreme satisfaction. And as always, this podcast is made to provide accountability, discernment, and truth. We always welcome feedback and questions on all of our discussions, so stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we have a special guest. He is a very good friend of mine who I have known for years now. I always enjoy his wisdom and knowledge, and he today he's here to provide something awesome and amazing. Uh, give it up for Tyler Spinman. Hey, thanks for having me. Definitely pretty excited about this topic. Yeah, no problem, man. So uh, Tyler and I had great conversations regarding the uh, topic of how to make God our supreme satisfaction. And we, uh, we thought about turning it into a podcast, so here we are now. Uh, Tyler, can you give us a bit more context on, on this subject? Yeah, so um, the Bible says that we're to delight ourselves in the Lord, and He'll give us the, our heart's desires. But I think many of us are confused as to what that actually looks like to delight in God and how He can command us to delight in Him. Um, so I think it would be great to talk about like um, why we... Why we uh, fall for i guess desiring god's gifts over god himself and then like trying to find um find different ways that we have seen in the past that helps us to um to truly enjoy spending time in god's presence and enjoy spending time in his word right right that's good that's good and and to be honest i've i mean i i've thought about the exact same thing i know both of us we can both relate that into the the matter that that in our walks in our Christian faith, we've we we at one point in our lives were in that position where we we actually had to deviate from enjoying the the things God gives us and making that our idol versus coming to know God personally even more. And and I mean, this is apart from from salvation, right? Right. Yeah, I know. I know. For me, um, like I. I believe I became a Christian when I was probably about nine years old. I accepted the gospel, um, but I didn't truly, I didn't enjoy reading the Bible when I was younger, and I didn't really have that passion and that desire to spend time in His presence. Um, I guess I just didn't know know Him well enough at that time, but um, probably a, a couple years ago is when I truly developed a desire to uh, to know Him more, and um, yeah, I'd love to just go go over with you on I guess your experience on how you came to that point as well. Yeah, sure. So so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go into a segment two in a few minutes and we're actually how we're gonna break this up is we're gonna segment two we're gonna spend some time there on on describing what all the I guess our past experiences from Tyler and mine, what we've seen, what we've noticed, what we've actually been a part of that um that we can use to give you guys examples and context. And in segment three, we're actually going to take that time to be able to provide, be able to provide more of a, of scripture, more solutions to these issues in case you actually identify as this. If if you've seen someone or know someone that, that is exalting and falling victim to, to enjoying 
which is again let, let, let us just i guess disclosure it's not wrong to enjoy the things of god right mm. it, it's definitely beautiful and it's a gift but what we're what we're uh advocating here is for actually making god our priority instead of idolizing the things he's given us correct right yeah, so so we'll go we'll go into that in depth into that and uh, just stay tuned. All right, so welcome back, everyone. So continuing on segment two uh, regarding the uh, the topic of how to make God our supreme satisfaction here with Tyler. Um, the first question we actually have is. How do you love God more than than gifts? Do you have uh, any uh, answers on that? Yeah, um, it's kind of strange how we're so gravitated towards His gifts more than God Himself. Uh, I think maybe we just have kind of a confusion as to what it looks like to love God um, rather than His gifts. Um, do you have more more thoughts on like what what does it truly look like to love God Himself? Like, what practically can you do to love God over his gifts? Yeah, so so I, I know, for example, to, I'll give some examples that I've seen that uh, I've, I've fallen victim, victim to is, is, for example, his provisions. Um, I know that, that many times of what he gives me, whether it's how, like, for example, house, a car, a job. Uh, many of these things I've seen that he's given me, I usually tend to love that mm. more than I love him. And I, definitely, I mean, we can both agree that that is, that's idolism, that that's not good. And, but I know I'm not the only one I've seen. I mean, people have told me that they do this and they struggle with, it, with this. And it just makes me wonder how many others actually are blind to this, right? The fact that they're, uh, loving God's provisions more than him, pretty much. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, in Matthew 6.33, it says, um, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be, will be provided for you. So um, really, like, all we have to do is focus on one thing, and that's just loving God and, and knowing him more. And we don't have to worry about everything else. God says that he'll take care of it. Um, he also mentions, like, I know when I think of money, when I hear provisions and um, he says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And there's many like there's many just different scriptures on on um, how if how if you trust God with your finances, then um, many people take it out of context. They say that that um, God will bless you with even more finances. That's not necessarily. Right. But um, it it can happen that way. I know for me, when um, uh, I was hardly getting any work. Um, I was maybe getting like five to 10 hours per week and God, God challenged me. He was like, um, he's like, why don't you start, start tithing? And I was, and I admittedly, I was like, how can I tithe? Like I'm only working like five, five hours a week. I don't have much money. And, yeah. um, and he just said, well, just trust me. So I just started, I just started tithing. I just started like low, maybe at like $50 a month or 25 a month. And um, I just started to increase it every month from there a little bit. And after a few months, my hours at work went from five to it went to like from like five hours to 70 hours a week. And that was all within like like five to six months. And 
I was just getting so much overtime and uh, it's just incredible. Like God blesses your obedience. It may not be financially, but um, whatever that looks like, it, it'll be worth it. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you actually said that about money. That's a good, uh, that was a good example. Uh, so actually another one uh, just, just popped out of my head. Another one would be a healing. Um, I know many, many people use, uh, I guess they, they tend to worship the, the, I mean, healing miracles, those two kind of go hand in hand, which with the, they expect and they fall in love with this stuff with, with just wanting to have the healing. Like, you know how Jesus said in John 14, where he said that, that, um, you know, you'd be able to do great works like me and even greater works, which is awesome. But like, but I've seen people take that and run with it, right? In the sense that all they want to live for is just simply to to heal and perform miracles. And that is it. But they forget that God is the one who, who should deserve all glory for this. Hmm. Um, I've seen that over and over. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, Tyler. Yeah, there was um one church I... I tried out for a bit and um and I actually saw the the pastor was saying like uh for those of you who have who have traveled all over the the country to to be here at the service and sat through the service I know a lot of you came so that you can be healed and um and that kind of threw me off I'm like man why would you travel all over the world and uh, I don't know I think they're just they're pursuing they're pursuing the gifts. They're pursuing what God can do for them over. They don't truly love God himself. And um, that's just kind of what threw me off. I'm like, I don't think this is why we should be going to churches necessarily for healings and for miracles. Right. And I think you used to say the good word is necessary, right? Because it's good to go to church for those things, but it's not good to go solely just for that. Yeah. Which leads me to the third. The third point is with feelings. Uh, I know, and I see this a lot with um, with worship services. Uh, people go just to worship for the feeling itself, and that is it. And and when they don't, and the the scary thing about this is that when they go for for the the uh, feelings or for worship just for feelings, uh, I mean, it's not you won't have those feelings all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you just don't feel that, and. The scary part on that is that if you don't, it almost seems like you start questioning your faith as in, is God with me? Am I saved? I don't feel him anymore. Oh no. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so it, it tends to make you just overthink things if you're doing it just for the feelings of having that, oh, it feels good versus just going just to worship God regardless of your feelings. Right. Mm. Yeah. I fall into this trap a lot too. Um, like just when you when you're at church and you hear like a, an incredible song played and uh, you just get goosebumps and the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and you're just like oh man like God's presence right now is just so thick and then um and then you go home and and you spend time in prayer and spend time in His Word and you don't you don't get that feeling that you did when you were at church and you get discouraged you're like God like where where are you right now I don't I don't feel you. And um, like that's just because you were you based your you based your experience of God's presence on feelings, and that doesn't mm. necessarily guarantee or mean that that He is or isn't with you. So you can't you can't just say um, if I don't feel it, then um, I guess 
my 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 time in God's word was wasted because I don't feel his presence. So that can get very uh, confusing and discouraging. Yeah, it definitely can. Uh, well, and then now, so we'll go to our second question on segment two, which is why don't I enjoy spending time with God? I think this is a big one. Uh, what, 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 what would you say to this? Why don't I enjoy spending time with God? I would say uh, there's just so many distractions. Um, like even in the Garden of Eden, um, where uh, God or where Adam and Eve were just walking with God Himself, and then Satan put a distraction uh, of fruit, just the knowledge of good and evil. They wanted the desire, or they wanted to know good and evil. And um, Satan just loves putting putting things in our path, like just like tv netflix um sports and stuff like that and i think it's really relevant right now with the coronavirus is that god's removing all these distractions there's no more sports and you can't go out and do go to restaurants and do things that you used to do so i think we should definitely be taking advantage of this time where there aren't too many distractions and um and truly pursue pursue him and uh, let our desire for him increase right yeah, and that takes me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where it says, where, tre- where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also, uh, which, I mean, you couldn't say it any better. It's it's definitely wherever our heart, <clears throat> wherever our treasure is, whether it's on social media, whether, I mean, you name it, cards, gym, food, even food, uh, anything where our, our treasure is, that's where our, our focus is pretty much it. So distractions is a big one. Um, how, how about... Uh, how about the um how about selfishness does this go hand in hand you think um like what what do you mean with with selfishness so so for example a lot of people i know uh they they prefer to do things on their own and themselves and they don't give credit to god um and i've seen that over and over as to why they don't enjoy spending time with god is because they they think they can do things their own way even better than than god can or they just refuse to even go to god because they might also feel ashamed uh kind of like in the garden of gethsemane where i mean not the garden of gethsemane back in uh, adam and eve where when they messed up right and then they actually left and ran and god was searching for them and i guess they were too ashamed um to come to God and say, Hey, I messed up. I, I need you. Mm. You know, they, they were running away from him. And, and so many times we can also be part of this, that we run away from God, um, even in our own issues, our own troubles, our own lives. And that prevents us from spending time with him too, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, selfishness, like pride and just a lack of trust. We don't, we don't truly believe that God wants the best for our life. We don't truly believe that his, his plans for our life are better than our own plans. And that's something that I really struggle with is just trusting that, that um, if I fully surrender everything to God, I'm afraid that I'm not going to like his plan. And um, that's just a, a lie that Satan puts in, puts in our path. And um, to constantly just meditate on, on the truth, meditate on scripture. And the more we do that, the, um, the more that, that lie is just going to um, just, just seize. Yeah, um, that, that's a good point. Um, and actually, so one, one last thing before we end our, our segment here is, and this one's, I think, a, 
the the core of it all is is the re- main reason why a lot of people uh, don't enjoy spending time with God is because they don't fully understand who God truly is. Mm. They don't understand as to who He is as the Creator, the Almighty, the Alpha and Omega, pretty much. Uh, and from what I've seen in my life and in other people's lives is 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 if once we understand who God truly is what he did for our life, what he's constantly doing, how much he loves us, we are going to naturally just want to spend time with him. Right. No, that's good. I mean, I've noticed that for myself, the more, the more I've, uh, I guess at the beginning, it started as a discipline for me, but the more disciplined I was at the beginning, that's when, that's when the desire started to come. It started to follow that choice that I made. Right. So we're actually going to go ahead and end our segment two here. And then, as I said before, segment three will actually introduce a lot more scripture and a lot more of solutions and answers to how you can actually, if you fall into this, how you can actually make God our pretty much your supreme satisfaction in life. So thank Mm -hmm. you and stay tuned, guys. All right, everyone, and welcome back, uh, back to our topic on how to make God our supreme satisfaction. We are actually on segment three, and um, our first question we'll go over is, what does it look like to enjoy God? How does that experience look like to you, Tyler? Yeah, um, it reminds me of the word uh, hedonism. Um, I looked up the definition of hedonism, and it's the the ethical theory that that pleasure and the sense of satisfaction of desires is the highest good and proper aim of human life. So basically, the people's goal, the world's goal in life is just to be happy. And um, there's a guy named John Piper. He's a famous uh, preacher, and he talks about Christian hedonism, which basically, like, like God's most satisfied in us when we're most satisfied in him. I mean, and that's what mm-hmm. like the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So, um, all right. something that we should really be focusing on is like, how can we enjoy God? And what does that look like? Is that a feeling? Um, or is that a choice or like, what, what is that? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Actually, I've never, I've never actually heard that actual definition you mentioned. That's a, uh, that's interesting. You say that. Um, it, it's it's definitely a a uh, a thought because I'm sure a lot of people don't really think on this. I know I I don't on my daily basis, and I probably didn't when even when I started first coming to Christ. This was like one of the things that was very foreign to me. Um, what what would what would be a good verse you would you would speak on this? I would say um, uh, it's it's in Matthew. I can't remember the exact verse, but it says um, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, mm-hmm. and sisters, yet even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So um, he's not he's not saying like we should hate our family, but he's saying in comparison to me. Like you should love me so much to the point where it looks like like you hate them. Um, so that's just like like God's really saying like you can't love anyone else or anything else above me. 
Um, and I think that's just, that's probably the, the biggest goal we need to have in life is, is to truly desire God more than anything this life has to offer. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, so, I mean, there's a verse here that, 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 that comes to mind. And, and for example, that it's Psalms six, chapter 16, verse 11. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Um, th- this is a good verse because it shows, it's pretty much saying that the God will pretty much fulfill your every desire, right? And your every pleasure eternally. And so you, you, you got to think back to your definition of hedonism. Is It's like... Um, <clears throat> Every desire we have that's that's selfish or that's very carnal, um, it's only temporary, and and God truly truly satisfies our soul, which which is beyond carnal, uh, which is beyond anything that's bodily, and so so we sometimes have the urge to to do stuff in this in this in this body that we think is going to completely satisfy us, hence why we deviate from God many times, but we forget that God is the creator of everything. And he is the only one that knows how to satisfy us eternally completely. Right. And so, so I think a lot of it is attributed to pretty much back to the, uh, the garden, as we've been talking about back to Adam and Eve, where um, it's just deception and lies. Right. So, so God, I mean, so the devil usually tells us like, hey, you can actually, uh, if you do this or this and that, you actually will enjoy it and it will actually be awesome. It will bring joy to you if you do this. And then we do it and then it just doesn't, right? It, it's a, it's instant gratification, but that is it. Nothing more, nothing less. And we just are crave, end up craving more and more and more. And it just, it's never really enough. Hmm. Um so, so this verse definitely, I think, speaks greatly on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I know with my experience, um, sometimes I, I, I truly feel his presence, like when I'm worshiping him, like sometimes I'm just like, I just fall on my knee on my knees and like tears just roll down my face. I'm like, man, this is such a great feeling. I'm like full of joy and, and peace in that moment. And it's just like a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like, um, like consistently, it's going to be like that. And um, I think, I mean, I don't experience that every time, every time I worship him. But I think the key to experiencing it more is to be consistent and studying the scripture and spending time in prayer and and in worship and community. And um, like every like you're not going to feel his presence every time, but the more consistent you are, um, like we said earlier, um, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the more you, the more you um, invest into that relationship with God, the more your heart's going to follow and your emotions are going to follow that. Exactly, I, I agree with that. I mean, it takes it takes obedience too. Um, in Psalms 37, 4, it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I mean, we were just talking on this. And I mean, but that takes that takes willingness and obedience, I believe. Right. Um, it, it's not 
it's not going to happen automatically if you never sit down to pray, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it actually takes a commitment. It takes a choice from you to say, I actually want to go talk to God and speak, and I want to just just listen to Him, and I want Him to listen to me. And so that takes effort, right? And so I, that's one thing we should probably always keep that in the back of our heads is, we cannot just sit down in, t- uh, in our living room and watch Netflix and expect God to meet us just just from nowhere, right? Which, of course, He could do that, but I mean, we're only going to get so far in that manner. Mm, yeah, I know. It's uh, I mean, also in like Matthew five eight, it says, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God." And when I when I uh, hear pure in heart, I'm just thinking, um, basically, you can't have any anything above christ within your heart you can't um seek anything else above him so um whenever you have like distractions like your your heart is following like like a tv show or something like that that's where your thoughts gravitate towards but um when you put like god and and his word in the center of your life and you're thinking about meditating on his scripture throughout the day that's when God's going to reveal himself to you throughout that day. And just the, I've, I've just definitely noticed that like the more I've really just um, just meditated on his word all throughout the day, like I've experienced his presence in, in so many moments, so many different ways that I've never experienced him before. Yeah, it takes you in a whole other level. It really, really does. I mean, it brings the peace of heaven on you. I can definitely relate to you. It, it happens to me. And, and I mean, to a listeners, I mean, it, it's not like, it's not like this is going to be 24 seven, right? Mm-hmm. We're human. We live in a fallen world and, and we're broken people. Right. Um, and so, so just because you don't feel this, just because you don't feel God or, or experience this, this, what we're speaking of, it doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Right. It, it, it just it's okay right uh, um, but the motivation here should be for you to come to god because he just is god period i mean i want to actually take a i want to read psalms 139 um it, it's it, it's not that long but it's a good psalm that i think will give to our, our listeners it'll give a good context uh as to who god truly is and how big and how powerful he is, and, and hopefully this m- makes our gears turn as to why he deserves to be worshipped. So, so I'll read it. Uh, it says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are also there. If I write the wings of the morning, and if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me. And your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even the, in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day and darkness and light are the same to you. 
You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred for your enemies or my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything that offends you and lead, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Wow, that's really good. There's so much applicable stuff right there. I think something that stuck out to me was uh, verse 17 and 18, where it said, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand I, I awake, and I am still with you. So this is just a reminder. Like He says, I am still with you um, when I wake up each morning. Um, it doesn't matter if you feel it or not, like he is with you. And um, like when you're spending time um, alone with God and you're just talking to him and pouring out what's, whatever's on your heart and just spending time in prayer and in his word and you don't feel his presence, you don't enjoy it necessarily yourself, but just think about him and how, how he feels in that moment, like like how mm. how he enjoys you talking to him, whether you feel it or not. Like he, he loves it when, whenever you sacrifice time to talk to him. So I think that's just something to think about, like not necessarily, um, are you enjoying it in the moment? Um, maybe your, your feelings aren't following, but, um, like he greatly enjoys it whenever you sacrifice that time to talk to him. Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely kind of like a father and, and son pretty moment, uh, you just your father i mean me as a dad i i can definitely see that if, if uh when my daughter wants to spend time with me it makes it makes me happy it makes it brings joy that that's out of this world and i mean i could just imagine god uh how much joy he actually feels from from uh us wanting to come to him and i think one one important thing to to highlight is is he honors our our um, our desire and commitment and obedience to him, mm. even just to want to, because we're not perfect creatures. Right. So even having that want to, to obey him, to, to come to him and spend time with him and make time, uh, even having just that, I think God honors that. I mean, for example, I'm, I'm a busy guy, right? I have a family at work and, Sometimes I seriously just don't have time to sit down and read scripture. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I'm just so exhausted at the end of the day that I barely read one word and I'm already falling asleep. But that's, I think, where God honors the fact that I still want to spend time. I'm just very exhausted. Right. <laughs> um, not, not to say it's an excuse all the time, but, you know, when it's applicable, I think the Lord still honors that. And we shouldn't beat ourselves up all the time and 
because then I, could, I think we start getting legalistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like many many people feel very guilty when they're praying at night and they suddenly fall asleep in the middle of their prayer. But like, I mean, I don't think God is is disappointed in looking down at you for that. Like, he's like, wow, he's talking to me as he falls asleep. Like, if your if your uh, your son is is talking to you while while he's in your arms and he falls asleep while talking to you, like, how are you gonna feel? You're not gonna like feel disappointed because he didn't finish his conversation with you, but he was spending time. Right. With you. And um, I mean, James four eight it says, "Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you." So, um, as you continue to to just pursue Him, no matter how you feel in the moment, um, He's gonna honor that, and He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Amen. Amen. Definitely good. Uh, this is a good conversation. So. Uh, We'll uh we'll we'll go ahead and conclude this this segment and the episode. Um, we appreciate you guys joining in. We appreciate everything uh, you guys have done. And um, uh, Tyler, you have any final thoughts? Yeah. So I think just to go over some practical steps before we close out is um I'll just encourage everyone to um to just spend time in prayer. Ask God, like like be honest with Him. Like I don't I don't um. I don't trust that your plans are better than mine and I don't feel your presence. And I want, I want that hunger. I want that thirst. I want that passion and I don't have it. So like, God, will you please give me that good gift? Like, I know that you want to answer this prayer and I believe that you will. So um, I think just authenticity and, and prayer is huge. Um, worship as well. That's, that's incredible. How mm. Powerful worship is. I remember when Paul was in prison and he was worshiping with, um, I think it was Silas at midnight and uh, suddenly while they were worshiping at midnight, their chains fell off and uh, all the prisoners chains fell off. So it changes circumstances, it changes your, your perspective and your emotions as well. Um, so prayer, worship, um, I think humility, God says, humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand that he will lift you up in due time. So just humble yourself before him and uh, just serving when you're putting others first and you're not so consumed in yourself, that's when you truly um, know God more and uh, experience a greater greater sense of joy. So, um, and then obedience, obviously, that, that goes, goes in with serving. Um, and then community, I think, is the last thing. Um, the, more, the more you're with other believers that are passionately pursuing Christ, um, mm-hmm. you become like the people that you hang around with the most. So that's why... Like when I moved to Florida, I just instantly surrounded myself with people that I saw had such a passion for God. And um, I've just seen such a drastic transformation in my life from just being around those kind of people. Good, 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 good stuff, man. Amen on that. So uh, with that said, you guys take care out there. Be safe. And uh, we'll see you here next week. Hey, guys.